Maybe Morgan dressed like Wolverine Maybe Dave ate his way out of trouble Maybe Tuscan's diorama came in last Maybe Morgan tunneled out of jail Maybe Dustin ran for council member Maybe Dave found himself horribly miscast Find out what happened Yes, find out what happened Since when last we left our Welcome to When Last We Left Our Podcast, a bi-weekly storytelling podcast hosted by me, Morgan Pielli. Me, Dave Worth. And me, Dustin Diodato. Each week, we tell true stories inspired by our lives from events that happened to us since the last time we recorded the podcast. When last we left our podcast, Morgan yelled at buses. Dave went for a picnic in Central Park, and Dustin's theater closed. This week, Dave develops a drinking problem. Morgan gets water balloons thrown at him, and Dustin wonders whether or not he should punch a horse. Which is a thing normally associated with a drinking problem. Yeah, yeah. actually, yes. Um, well, also normally associated with a drinking problem is uh, leading off every story you tell on a podcast uh, for two episodes in a row with, I'm pretty hungover, guys, which is what I did, I realized, um, the last two episodes. Um, and um, I don't think of myself as much of a drinker. Uh, I wasn't at all growing up. I don't think I really ever drank until I was a legal age and then in college, even though I went to a school that was very, very willing to give you alcohol if you wanted it, as well as just about any other substance you wanted to put into your body. Black tar heroin. I remember finding that once. <laughs> I'm assuming you mean like the town, not like the school. Like the school wasn't like, here's whiskey along the with your school, class. No, the, the school. school was the town. There and, was and, nobody and, there. And, and also, yes, I had a quick sidebar. I had a, a, an art class where the professor, we were all underage, she spiked our own punch. Yeah, no, I went to, wow. a, I went to yeah. a theater class where... Um, I did not witness this happen. I had it told to me after the fact, but um, uh, the uh, I, I went to this woman's class several times. I took her several times throughout the year. Um, uh, she was great. I won't name her. She's wonderful. But she would end every um, every semester with, you know, bring in. Uh, we're going to do a potluck. Bring in whatever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> And we'll hang out and we'll, you know, talk about the semester that's gone by. And then um, one year, apparently somebody bought in pot brownies and didn't label them. And she's just sort of grazing along the table, talking to people, picks up one, pops it in her mouth. And the student who goes, who, who did a good, no! <laughs> and she's chewing and she goes, oh, this is a pot brownie. All right, all right. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, the, the train back to New York City is going to be interesting. I, I wasn't sure where you were going to go. Like she was like at the end of every class, like all right, don't forget to do your homework, and remember, heroin's a great drug. Everybody, <laughs> don't forget your homework, which is to take drugs. <laughs> um, so no, I went to a really bohemian school, Bard College, for those of you paying attention, and um, it was great. But I didn't uh, take advantage of a lot of that. Um, and then I moved to New York and. Uh, I was broke. <laughs> I, I'm still kind of broke, you know? Like, I don't drink a lot because it's expensive. But life will sometimes throw alcohol at you, and sometimes you'll get sad, and um, I definitely uh, intake more of my problem spaces when I'm sad, you know, like I feed my hung my sadness a lot mm. um, with food and or drink. And my wife was away 
uh, for about two weeks touring uh, with her comedy duo, which is great for her. And I feel the kind of um, uh, happiness for her that a husband feels when um, their spouse is doing the work they want to do and doing it well and really enjoying themselves and the kind of sadness that you get from not having your significant other around. Um, which, um, you know, initially I was like, I'm going to drive this into work. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really be, uh, efficient these two weeks and get a lot done in the week that she's been back. I've gotten so much done (laughs) because her presence enables me in, in, in competent ways. And when she's not, I'm just a fucking idiot who drinks and eats all the time. Um, so, uh, anyway, Fast forward uh, to about um, eight, nine days ago. And Kelly had been away for about a week and a half, and I was getting really frustrated. I was frustrated because she was away, and I was sad about it, but I was also frustrated because I was an inefficient idiot the whole time, and I had gotten nothing done except uh, killing a few bottles of wine, uh, eating food that was really bad for me, and... um, uh, 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 being sad. Um, so I'm frustrated on top of my sadness. I was working a a lot as well at my job, which I like, but it's not what I want to do. So it's Thursday night and like, all right, I've got a whole night ahead of me. My, my group that normally has a show does not have a show. I, uh, am getting done with work around five. It gives me good six hours at least to say, sit down, buckle down, write, cook something I've wanted to cook, you know, get a, a project done of some sort, clean up, whatever. So I'm like thinking through like my checklist of projects and whatever, and I'm walking home and I run into a friend of mine who's also a client of mine. Um, and if you're new to the podcast, I'm a dog walker. Uh, I dog walk in my own neighborhood. I have clients in my neighborhood and some of them are, you know, work only clients and some of them I'm more friendly with. This is one of the ones I'm more friendly with. Uh, so she's like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, no, I'm fine. She's like, I'm meeting my husband at the bar. Uh, if you want to come get a drink, quick drink with us. And the way she said quick drink, I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's fine. Because it's about being social. It's about being yeah. social. I'm not drinking in a problem kind of way. So I had about six whiskeys. <laughs> in, in what social. period of time? About four hours, maybe three. Um, part of it is that uh, while I am not a drinker, they are. And no judgment, you know, that they would describe themselves as, as people who are drinking enthusiasts. In fact, at one point, the husband turns to me and he goes, listen, do you know of any bars that are, you know, dog-friendly around here? It's like, not really. You can't really bring dogs into bars in most cases. He's like, yeah. You know, our trainer was just talking to us about, like, involving our dog in the things that we do. (laughs) (laughs) Like drinking. Like drink. And I was like, no judgment. You know, that's, that's what you do. That's what you do. I mean, they're both poets, so it makes sense. Um... Uh, and I can't judge. I drink quite a bit. They're um, professional poets? Semi-professional. They have published books. 
Okay, but I mean, is that, always goes well. Is that poetry. where they get all their? Is that where they get their money from? Not a lot. Are you getting paid from poetry money? I'm not getting paid from poetry money. Okay, okay. Um, I'm getting paid from like IT and uh, administrative work money, but they also make money from poetry. They're very good poets. Um, and I'm sure I they like, identify themselves as poets. Not like we identify ourselves as what our day jobs are as right, opposed right. to what our aspirations are. Yeah. And I like them very much. And I don't think they're honest alcoholics. I just think that they uh, know how to drink, know how to drink well. And I, because I wasn't in part uh, somebody who partook of it in his uh, teen years and 20s as much, don't. I know how to binge in a college kind of way and then feel terrible. So I got wasted, went home, tried to do anything, couldn't, fell asleep drunk, woke up hungover, went to work, felt like shit, didn't get anything done Friday night either. So then this Saturday. Um, and actually Friday, I think I hung out with you guys. We, uh, we went and saw Mad Max, which was great. Um, absolutely it's an absolutely great movie and that was about the first point i felt like a human when i when i met up with you guys and we watched that and, and that's a great way to kick off feeling like a human is to watch a movie that is absolutely wall-to-wall insane <laughs> it was i love that film it's super great uh dave's review of mad max is see mad max um but that was the first point in that day i felt in any way capable um so i definitely didn't get anything done on friday either and i don't know what my fucking thing is either with getting things done like being quote-unquote productive um because i'm a, a plenty productive human but if i'm not getting something fucking done i feel like shit so we see the movie uh we go home um i uh i think about getting stuff done and then i think i slept so badly last night i'm just going to bed saturday rolls around and Saturday, my friend Aaron had asked me if I wanted to perform at Figment. And Figment is a, um, an all-day arts festival on Governor's Island. Um, it was very slapdash, his, his ask to, uh, to perform. Not that Aaron is slapdash, but the, the, the Figment is somewhat intentionally slapdash. Uh, it's put on by some of the same folks who run Burning Man, um, and it is uh, primarily for kids, though. Um, you're not going to see a lot of, like, boobs or drug use. Uh, if if I went to Bard College, uh, Figment's Vassar, I guess? I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, what? yeah, no, that's pretty close. Um, if, if Bard is Burning Man. Bard's Burning Man. Whatever. Point is, Marist, maybe. Mm. Um mm. Uh, the important thing is you've lost most people. Yeah. Zing, Marist. <laughs> um, Take that, Vassites. Uh, so, so I go to Figment, and it's fine. I do improv there, um, which is what he asked me to do. It was a lot of fun. It was very nice of him to ask. Uh, Governor's Island is super cool. Figment is, is pretty cool. Um, but it's definitely for kids which meant initially we were improvising for kids and then just improvising with kids. Um, and it's funny because people say improv is play, and you're like, is it? It's kind of play with rules. Why, is it, why does it have rules? This is very inside. Uh, it has rules because play doesn't. So some kids like, would sort of hop on board with like, the idea of like, oh, here's how we construct a narrative, and other kids were just like, nope, no. No, I'm not a pirate. Fuck you. No, I don't want to do that. There was one adorable Asian girl who just kept walking into scenes and delivering the mail. 
<laughs> Just, I, I, I don't understand why she's got to be Asian, but fine, whatever. And because it 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 definitely improves the visual to know that this is an Asian girl. <laughs> I don't know why. But she was wearing this so, little she was wearing this little red jumper and she just kept handing people the mail. Do you remember some of the scenarios that were inappropriately mailed upon? Uh we walked into the sun at one point <laughs> and she delivered the mail to us. <laughs> oh my god, I love it so hard. Um I love that I love that as like an improv gift. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it's like, hey, here's the thing. Like here's the mail. Oh, don't walk into the sun. Glad I got this letter. <laughs> right. Um an efficient postal system that even yeah. on the surface of the sun you're still getting your bills yeah right uh <laughs> anyway it, it was but it was it was very fun and then afterwards we left and i was like all right I'm gonna go home i'm gonna go home kelly's coming back tomorrow i need to clean up at least and i probably should get some writing done i've got all day saturday i've got nothing to do let's go home and my friend aaron turns to me on the uh boat back from governor's island which is like a five minute ferry and it's really nice you should definitely take it and he goes hey you want to go get a drink and it's like 2 30 in the afternoon hmm. and i said yes <laughs> so those of us who had performed together all went and got a drink at the bar that aaron's girlfriend works at and here's the thing about both of these events at neither of them did i go in to get trashed but when someone keeps handing you alcohol, it's like how a uh, Jehovah's Witness will hand you a book and then you'll feel like you have to talk to them. Um, in the same way, when they hand you a drink, I feel obligated to drink it. Um, also, I want to, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to talking to I a think Jehovah's it's Witness. the second one. Mm-hmm. I really want to drink that drink. I had to guess it would be the second one. Um, but I also feel like a certain amount of like obligation to. And at one point, I actually did grab... Uh, Aaron's girlfriend, Masha, and say, please don't put another drink in front of me for about 30 minutes. <laughs> for about 30 minutes. After that, I can after continue that, to drink some more. After that, I can probably handle myself. But right now, if you do, I'll drink it. And not, it, the, the inside of this bar won't look as good after I do that. Um, so at 2 a.m., <laughs> I got a cab home and got home having accomplished nothing that week. Mysteriously, Monday, I got a cold. (laughs) (laughs) And as a result, I haven't had a drink in about eight days. And I'm not going to say I feel a lot better, but that in combination with my wife being home, I feel a lot better. I don't think I should drink like that anymore. I'm 37. Though at the time, it was super fun. Anyway, that's what happened to me. I, I thought the moral was going to be completely different when you were like, mysteriously, on Monday, a manuscript was on my computer <laughs> that I had written, and I sold it for $3 million. Mysteriously. So, like, keep drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, in point of fact, uh, from uh, Monday until now, I completely finished a draft of a manuscript. Wow. There you go. Here's my question. How does Kelly feel about the drinking i don't want to speak for my wife she does okay. she does do drinking uh she doesn't do uh perhaps as much drinking as her husband um, well, i wasn't sure if she'd noticed a change I mean, you were talking about this as though this is a very new development i mean very new in the sense of like the timeline of most people's drinking so I'm, sure. like i said i'm 37 years old that would for most people be drinking for at least 20 years right right longer. and you and kelly's been together for quite some time so she's probably 
she's been along that same journey. So yeah, yeah, we've both we both loosened up with regards to the amount we drink. Drink with the you get my point. Okay. In the uh, can I get you another drink? Uh, in the time we've been together, we both loosened up with the amount with regards to the amount we drink. Um. With that said, I have probably gotten a little too loose at times. Okay, so we'll all agree that if Dave's story next week is about, or next podcast is about drinking, then his story of the week after that will be about his first AA meeting. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And hopefully the letter for that AA meeting will be delivered by an adorable Asian girl yes. in the middle of our podcast. Because <laughs> you do frequently get Alcoholics Anonymous That's how that works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> this, this just says for Ralph. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Morgan, you want to, uh... Yeah, yeah. Give it a go? I'll give it a go. I'll give it the old college try. Um, Simon's Rock. That would be, right? No, the so Bard equivalent... The, uh, Simon's Rock was, if anything, crazier than Bard. Yeah, okay, yes, Nobody knows sorry. what you're talking about. Look, uh, Nobody. Just because our listeners aren't us doesn't mean that they can't enjoy every stupid... It might. Yeah. It might mean that. It probably. It actually, it almost really does. So for me, the thing of note that happened um, happened this past Friday. So I work at a publishing place uh, where we do mostly romance novels and I do some of their covers. And because for whatever reason. Which when you tell people about it, everybody instantly says, that's the coolest job in the world. It's weird. Well, the, no, the first thing they say is, do you know Fabio? Right. <laughs> that is always the first question I get. Do you? I don't. But my boss has, a, has met him a, a bunch of times and he's apparently a lovely person and looks I, exactly like you imagine Fabio would look like. I got to admit, imagine like if you're Fabio, there's no reason not to be wonderful. Yeah. Right. right. When you have that type that hair and that jawline absolutely the world is your oyster um so we get uh what's called summer fridays and what that is is for from june until the beginning of september we all have to go in 45 minutes a half an hour early and stay 15 minutes late so an extra 45 minutes every day but it means that every other week we get friday off oh that's Uh, cool yeah it's a nice little thing they do for us the downside is that uh, they watch us like a hawk during the week so if we're even like a minute late getting in during the summer we get yelled at Whereas during the rest of the year, people will roll in 10, 15 minutes late. Nobody gives a shit. Um, so I had this past Friday off. So I was planning to, like you, be super productive. And I was mildly productive. Um, and I was going to do some grocery shopping. I you know, I got up early. I went to the coffee shop. I did some writing there. Went home. And I was on the phone with my friend Mike. We were talking about Transformers Combiner Wars Ultra Magnus, which... Uh, Eagle-eared listeners might recall came up during my ill-fated attempt to cook uh, two-pot pasta, which was only supposed to use one pot. Now, at that point, we were excited because pictures of this toy had leaked. Um, this Friday, we were excited because his had shipped and mine was going to be shipping very soon. So stop looking away from me, Dave. <laughs> Keep eye contact, Dave. Morgan, you're single, right? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what that relates to this, but okay. some, in somewhere, every way. It somewhere in every way, somewhere there's a wonderful woman who will enjoy my Transformers collection almost as much as me, but just as long as she washes her hands before handling them. So, um, we were on the yeah. What's up, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not even that I have something to say. It's just that my face is saying everything. Yeah, right. really. I, 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 think, I, think you're, I think you're implying that there are 3.5 billion women on the planet and he's wrong about all 3.5 billion i I disagree Um, i disagree i hear well here here is a question actually um because you've brought them up a couple times and um yeah i i I, i'm sorry to derail a little bit but i just if you could succinctly say 
you know, because I, I went through collector phases. I've collected comics. I've collected Star Wars figures. I've done a lot of things. Like, I didn't, I'm, not a, I'm not a super judgy guy. Um, but, like, what about Transformers is it for you? Oh, it's absolutely a crutch, especially... So I got into them um, right after college when I was living with a suicidally depressed woman, my mom. And so it was a way of both kind of escaping that to a degree. It was a way of connecting with my friend Mike, who we'd been friends for a long time, but we'd kind of drifted apart um, when we were in college, and he's also really into these things. And it was a way of reliving a childhood that I never really got a whole lot out of. So, I mean, I'm well aware of, like, there are many very specific psychological reasons as to why I collect these stupid things. And part of it is I enjoy a puzzle, and they're a fun thing to, like, handle. And so, yeah, I mean, they're like giant Rubik's Cubes in some yeah, way. Yeah, they kind of are. Sounds um, like we could do a whole other podcast on just the answer to that question. Oh, yeah. Oh, you ab- I mean, that's... Not a- like an episode, like... The whole... Yeah. Like a 50-part. And, and when I agree, I, I'm agreeing in that most of the storytelling stories I do when I do them around the city are about my troubled relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how her life turned out and various things like that. So answering so me, your so question, me being seriously. All, me no. being all snarky and laughing at you was like actually the shittiest thing I could No, have no, no. Me, me throwing drama suddenly back at you, which I didn't really need to do, was the shittiest thing I could no, have No, I asked. Um, no, that's fair. Guys, guys, what? You're both being passive-aggressive. That's, that's a, true. That's a little bit true. That's a little bit true. Um, also, I think they're just rad. <laughs> okay. They're Fair. really fucking fun. Whatever. I like robots, and these turn into trucks. Robots are great. Nothing wrong I think with that. robots and trucks are both great. Anyway, and I've dated the occasional person who likes them, too. Oh. It happens. It's a unicorn. Are they the from Canada? No, they're not from Canada. But you've never met her. Um, <laughs> so... I was on the phone talking about Ultra Magnus with Mike, and I had my backpack, which is my grocery-getting backpack. It's the one where I, I destroyed the zipper on it, so it's just so I can throw groceries in it so I don't have to like use up you know, disposable shopping bags. And I'm walking in my neighborhood, and I'm crossing the street when something small sails past me on my left and splats on the ground. It's a water balloon. And I look behind me, and I've got my sunglasses on, so and they're reasonably opaque, so you can't super see my pupils, but I look behind me, and I see five or six teens all just talking amongst themselves and like not looking at me, but not super noticeably avoiding my gaze. Like either it clearly came from them because they're the only people behind me, but they're doing a pretty good job of being nonchalant. But at the same time, they're all carrying these plastic um, non-see-through bags that are clearly just full of water balloons. So I'm like, okay, well you guys missed from three feet behind me, whatever. I'm not in much danger. So I keep walking, um, finish crossing the street. They then turn and cross the other side of the street. So now we're wa- walking parallel to each other on opposite sides of the street. I'm still talking to my friend Mike when a bus comes along and goes between us. It's a big, tall bus, at which point a second water balloon sails over the top, arcs over the top of the bus and lands about three feet in front of me, followed by a third and then a fourth. All of them miss me. But they're all specifically targeting me and clearly coming from this group of five or six kids who think that having a bus between them means I'll have no idea where this came from. Well, I don't I, I doubt they. Oh, they don't give a shit. Yeah, I think they were giving themselves like a sort of the bully deniability. Yeah, plausible. Like, exactly. Plausible. Bully well, not, deniability. Even pl- not, not even plausible deniability, but just like. What are you talking about? Did you see us do it? Yeah. You know, Except like, they have bags full of water balloons. Right. It but takes that's like not, two but, seconds. But they're not back. thinking right. logically. They're thinking about like, oh, his argument will be, and our argument will make fun of him because we can. Did, yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you interact with them? Absolutely not. So the boss goes past, and I give them like 
the the side look. Like I turn my head slightly just to like acknowledge, like, yeah, I, I know it came from you guys, but I don't engage in any way. I don't break my stride. I'm still talking to my friend Mike and I go about my day. Now, I'm walking along a little bit further and I've, I've started to kind of put this out of my mind, but it bugs me a bit because like, why are they targeting me? I mean, it's pretty obvious. I was, it was a target of opportunity and then they missed me the first time. So they have to keep trying, whatever. I don't feel, I wasn't the only person on the street. I don't feel like there's anything about me that was really sticking out. I wasn't talking loudly about Ultra Magnus. I don't know why that would be a thing to get bullied about. Um, <laughs> so um, we walk along a little bit further. The kids are still there on the opposite side of the street. And I'm talking to my friend Mike, and I go, oh, holy shit, stop whatever you're talking about. I think at this point he'd moved on to, like, quadcopters or something. He races quadcopters. He's an interesting fellow. So I tell my, my friend Mike to stop because a cop car has just pulled up, and a cop gets out. And I say, oh, shit, should I rat out these kids to this cop? Because that's, like, bullshit behavior, and they clearly got bags of water balloons. Like, it doesn't matter if I confront them, but if a cop comes up, he's going to see the water balloons in the bag, and he's going to give them a hard time. And my friend Mike's like, yeah, yeah, you have to, because they don't, these, these kids clearly haven't learned um, that actions have consequences, you know, especially when you're a teen, they, like teens are basically sociopaths because they're just mature enough to have like some degree of power and authority, but they're not mature enough to know what to do with it. So I'm like, yeah, I should tell the cop about this. And then I go, oh shit, no, I can't. They're all black. And if they were white, they would just get a slap on the wrist or maybe yelled at. But especially in New York, especially with everything that's happening in this country, I don't know that this cop isn't going to go crazy on them. I don't know that they're not going to get thrown in jail or this can be used as some sort of pretext to get them on some other charge. And then I, I will be this guy who ruined their life, this white guy who ruined their life. I don't want to be that person. And they didn't hit me with any of the balloons. And hopefully they're not doing anything beyond throwing water balloons at people. And it was this back and forth that I was having with my friend Mike about this, that on the one hand... I mean, they're just water balloons. On the other hand, like you could, they maybe will hit an elderly person who like slipped or falls or any number of things. Like it's still a shitty thing to do. It's still a very antisocial behavior or it's still antisocial behavior. Um, it's, but I don't, I couldn't decide whether or not, and I also don't like being a passive victim, especially as a 37 year old grown up. I'm like, oh man, I, there's no reason I shouldn't have the cop like stop the kids and, like hey give me your fucking water balloons but on the other hand like i don't want to get them shot or killed or thrown in jail how old were they um they were in their teens i couldn't tell exactly how old but they were you know they were like probably i would guess like 16 17 but they're also just really tall and i can never tell age if someone's really tall so as far as far as i know dustin you're in your mid to late 50s I'm not that. Okay, that, that doesn't sound right. Um, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm 39. I don't believe you. You're so tall. <laughs> You've clearly aged in height. Um, so, yeah, I would say they're probably around 16 or 17. So, yeah, that was <laughs> it was this weird moral dilemma. And as my friend Mike pointed out, it was really weird that this, in, in a strange way, racism was keeping them from getting in trouble. Because if they were white, I would have absolutely had the cop go after them. I, I would have recommended, if it were me, for you to actually go to the cop. And here's why. Okay. Because this is going to sound weird. Everything but, I've said sounds weird, right. and I feel weird saying but, it. But I feel like the water throwing water balloons at random strangers is a gateway behavior to mm, potentially worse things. So is it though, or is it just teens being teens? Because that it, was the debate we had. It, it may be teens being teens, but it, it but it strikes me as one of those things where if a cop does confront somebody for something like that, right. the scare that it could put it into a person is just like you know what. Like, I don't want this to happen again. Right. Like, and there are two ways to bring people scare, can go. The scare it would put into me, the scare it would put into you. Right. Right. But 
we were raised a certain way. Yes, and that's true. Yeah. But like that will sort of fork two different possible outcomes in their lives if it if it works and it scares them and they don't do it anymore. If it's not going to scare them and it's only going to encourage them to do it more, yeah, but then the probably other, that was going to happen but anyway. Here's the other thing. You're thinking of this in terms of somebody who had limited interactions with the cops. Right? Yeah, that's a good point too, because we both sure. grew, we, up the, not, I grew up in the country. I grew up in I grew up in an area of the the world that's incredibly racist. Um, I never had a cop give me any trouble, including times I was openly armed. And in my neighborhood, my very few of uh, black friends would get stopped all the time, and those kids probably get stopped all the time yeah. they're doing that because they just don't fucking care anymore get stopped, okay. get stopped don't get stopped yeah it doesn't matter that either way they're gonna get harassed um you know do the wrong thing do the right thing they get fucking harassed so what the fuck um I, i'm imagining again this is me imagining because i never went through that but the other thing i you know like i was reading um the times magazine put out a um uh, a thing about the Eric Garner case recently and like what else has come to light since um, he was choked to death on video by a police officer uh, in New York City. Uh, just before you continue, uh, I'm going to give you a minute and a half because I know that race relations discussions can go on for about uh, the day. Yeah. So. Uh, a day, if, especially <laughs> why the, I brought up this topic. Yeah. Um, uh, it, well, here's one of the things like they talked to uh one of the business owners in the neighborhood who had uh in the past called the cops on some of the people that garner uh, ran with though he said eric garner was not one of the people he called the cops on um because garner was selling lucy cigarettes so the story goes and you know he feels very bad now and one of the things he said and it's the thing that closes the article um is you know people are doing it again in this neighborhood there there's a lot of drug use in this neighborhood there's a lot of other stuff going on in this neighborhood that i see in front of my business the reporter was like have you called the cops and he said the last time i called the cops someone got killed yeah that doesn't mean we don't call the cops anymore in my opinion but for throwing water balloons. Yeah. Like if they were know, breaking like, car windows or something, that would have been different. And mm-hmm. I only use that as an example because I was talking to someone else and they were they were like, yeah, I saw some kids breaking car windows in my neighborhood and I called them on that. And like, yeah, I would definitely. That's right. You're, I, but you're fixing the wrong problem in my opinion. But I think we should move on. Like, <laughs> you, you, Here's the last word. Now we move. <laughs> well, no, because we, we can go on it forever. Guys, guys so. let's just talk about Ultra Magnus some more. It's such a great toy. No, I mean, I'm I'm. Fine. I know you, Dave. I know you, <laughs> yeah. and I know the way this is going to go. This and is, if we don't stop it, you're just going to keep going. I've made my point. I, okay. I, you know, but the, uh, I'll, I, I'm happy to move on. You're wrong, Dustin. <laughs> this is great. My sphincter's never been tighter. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to tell my <laughs> I'm going to tell my story now. That's the grossest possible way we could have transitioned stories. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't make for a weirdness in going into my story at all. 
Oh, you're just at all. punching a horse. Unless it's a euphemism for Yeah, something. I eventually get to the horse punching. It starts with the fact that last time we left, when last we left our podcast, uh, my grandmother was in the hospital, uh, and she still is. Uh, so uh, she's been there for a few weeks now, and uh, she's kind of gotten to the point where she's uh, not eating anymore. So uh, that's usually like a week or two precursor to a person passing away. And she's in her, you know, her mid eighties and, uh, you know, it's, it's getting to be around that time. Uh, they're going to send her to a, uh, a nursing home for a little bit, but who knows how that's going to play out. Uh, and one of the things that you traditionally do before you go to a nursing home, when you don't have a lot of money is pay for the funeral arrangements in advance so that the, uh, so that the nursing home doesn't take that money. Because if you're going to be there, and if you're going to be in a nursing home for a long period of time, uh, basically uh, Medicare or Medicaid or whatever the old person one is, uh, will take whatever money you have in the world to pay for it. They'll cover everything after that, but not until you've given them every ounce of money that you have. And they will go back. You can't just like give it away. Um, they'll go back. But the one thing that they won't necessarily touch is money as related to your funeral and burial and all that kind of stuff like that, because obviously that's one of those things that you're going to need to do. Right. So, uh, we began there. My uncle Mike went and did all the funeral arrangements. Uh, and as you'd imagine, that is kind of a bummer type thing to do. Uh, and I started thinking back to, uh, like in this particular case, this is more of a story that's inspired by recent events than a thing that specifically happened. But, uh, I, I was thinking back to other funerals that I had been to and they generally are all a bummer because somebody's dead you know that's how funerals go i was thinking back to my uh my mom's dad uh and he uh he had a heart attack when he was i think like 56 uh and he had retired like the year before uh and you know uh left my grandmother alone and you know it was a real tragic thing and everybody was crying the whole time uh i thought back to uh my friend's mom passing away and seeing him and his sister kind of like, you know, losing their minds. Uh, and that was very tragic. I thought back to my own mom's funeral and how, like, her life was kind of wasted. And we all kind of knew that. So everybody was pretty bummed the whole time. Uh, and then I started thinking back to my grandfather's funeral on my, uh, on my dad's side. And that was one of the most fun things I had ever experienced in my life. Uh, and I was probably like... I was uh, like 22 at the time, um, and I'd been to some other funerals, but I'd never quite experienced one like this. He died at 94 of being old, you know? Like, right. <laughs> uh, like, there was nothing specifically wrong. He just went into the hospital. They're like, yeah, he's really old. And then one day, kind of slipped away. And um, And I don't know how, like, people feel about, like, afterlifey kind of things, um, but even if there isn't one, I feel like everybody at his funeral was just kind of like, yeah, he gave it a good go. Like, mm. you know, like he lived the shit out of life. Yeah. Whole, Cause a lot of times people will be like, oh, they're in a better place and it's comforting or whatever. And I felt like at his thing, like, even if there isn't a better place, people were like, well, he rocked it out. Like good right. for him, you know? Um, and I didn't know very much about the man when he passed away because he was, like I said, he was in his late 90s. I was 22. You're not really, like, hanging out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all I knew of him was that he was, like, an old, grumpy Italian man. You know? <laughs> like, he would sit at the head of the table, 
not say anything, like cut up fruit while we were all eating or whatever, like, and just be cranky. So for me, he was like, not particularly interesting because he was just mad. Uh, and then, uh, and then we, I went to his funeral where people were kind of talking about his life and, and it was a type of funeral that I would want because everybody was like excited for him and like remembered all like the cool stuff that he had done. I mean, at first we were all joking around because, um, because also when you get that old, you like stop caring about the way people like look at you. Um, and for the last like, you know, few weeks that he was in the hospital, like he would just come sit in a chair, but he would be in the, like the hospital robe and just like legs spread wide open. So like everyone in the family saw like everything you could want to see. <laughs> like you couldn't help it. If you walked in the room, you were just like, oh my God, it's right there. Um, so like that was the experience that a lot of us had um, where even though you were sad, you were kind of laughing about how the fact like you just saw like old man balls like for a distractingly long <laughs> amount of time. Uh, so, uh, you know, so we went to the funeral and uh, the like one of the first things I found out about him uh, was that he was part of the Italian Underground Railroad. Really? Yeah. He would smuggle Italians into United States. He'd like help them get paperwork and stuff like that. Uh, and he would help them uh, get smuggled into the United States until he almost got caught uh, and then had to use the Italian Underground Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. To get to the United States. Um, oh, so he was doing this from Italy. He was doing it from Italy, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, you know, like getting people like, I don't know exactly, I don't know all the details, and it's one of those things where I, get, I don't want to know more details yeah, yeah, yeah. than I do. Especially broadcasting this on a podcast. Yeah, uh, but, it, but it was like super cool to hear. I, I also heard a story about how when he was a kid, uh, there was this thing where like the bishop of the neighborhood, or of the region or whatever, would come and a local boy would have to like take him around on a horse uh, and show him like this is where the Smiths live. Although that's not a very common Italian last name, right? Um, the Smithonies, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is you know, and it was like the shittiest fucking experience ever, and nobody wanted to do it. But he was like the eldest, most mature boy in the neighborhood, so uh, he always gets stuck doing it. Uh, so he took one of those like little burrs that fall off trees and put it under the saddle. Um, so that like it didn't, you couldn't quite feel it unless somebody sat on the saddle. Uh, so then when the bishop sat on the horse, it flung him off, uh, and he like smashed his head and he was fine. But the bishop was like, this guy's never doing this again. And he was like, done. Like I never wanted to do it. So done. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then the horse thing, um, he, uh, he had, he, he's very old. Um, as I said, he was 84. Uh, he was told that he had an ice truck. You know, those like before there were refrigerators, what somebody would deliver like ice, like, would, would deliver you a giant chunk of ice and then everything you would put like things by that ice thing and that would make them cooler. Uh, he had an ice truck and a horse that pulled said ice truck. Uh, and he loved that horse and he super took care of that horse. Uh, but one day the horse just decided it wasn't going anywhere. And it was the middle of the summer and the ice was melting and like there's not a huge profit margin on ice so when ice melts like <laughs> you know you could get completely and totally screwed um so he he punched the horse <laughs> to get it to go because he had tried everything else that he could think of um and a lady saw him do it told the police <laughs> <laughs> And they deported his ass back to Italy. Oh, my God. Yes. See, Morgan? 
See what could have happened? That's why I didn't do it. I didn't want them to get deported to Italy. Um, so, uh, he, yeah, he got he got sent back. I'm trying to think if there's any other... He got deported for punching a horse? He got deported for punching a horse, yeah. <laughs> Where did he punch the horse was my first question. In the face. Did it make the horse move? Uh, I don't think that it did, no. Okay, because I would say punch it in the rump, would, but I, I'm not a horse person, so... Yeah, I don't... Then it's, he punched it in the face, huh? Yeah. What it needed to it needed to learn. Um, uh, I also found out that it, okay, so he got deported and he came. What back. is that conversation like that night when you go home, realize you've been deported, <laughs> and you have to tell people, and they're like, "What for?" And you're like, I "Punched a horse." It starts with, "Well, I won't be bringing your ice anymore." <laughs> yeah. um, I also found out that my grandmother was uh, spent a month in quarantine for pink eye whoa wow a month yeah a month just like sleeping in like basically like a cage because she had pink eye uh so anyway wow uh, as you do yeah it was harder to cure back then um regardless uh i also so he came back to the united states uh and he bought a garbage truck um and this was sort of in like the um more i want to say in like the 50s okay kind of situation uh and he drove a private garbage truck in New York City. I don't know how much you know about sanitation. Very little. Uh, uh, the Union of Sanitation Workers is very opposed to that sort of thing. Yes, they oh, are. Okay. Um, at that time, um, the mob pretty much controlled anything sanitation was. Wow. Uh, if you like, if you had a garbage truck, you had to pay. You couldn't park your garbage truck in the parking lots like in New York City unless you were involved in the mob. And the story as it goes is that my grandfather was the only guy who was allowed to park his garbage truck in that area because he had basically grown up with all of those guys. And they were just like, fine, you can do it. But like... But you're it. But you're it. He, he probably got a lot of them into the U.S. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, they probably owed him favors yeah. and shit like that. Uh, so he was one of those types of people who like... He wasn't like... But the way we described it was he was he was not in the mob and he was not part of that culture. But like, if he really wanted somebody killed, like he he knew a guy, you yeah. know. By the time I knew him, like he all those guys were probably dead or or something. But like, Let, did, let's hope for the sake of our podcast. Yes, let's hope that. I mean, they're all dead now. He was ninety four. Yeah, that's true. And that was like yeah, twenty years. Like, if they are still alive, they're. Good, they're, they're good not, for them, the yeah, yeah. yeah. For and for listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys for yeah. <laughs> thank you, one hundred and thirty-five year olds, for yeah. listening to our podcast. Yeah. So I'm not that old. No, I mean, you're but, in your fifties, but <laughs> but not you were you're tw- you were twenty-two. He was ninety-four. Right. You said one hundred and thirty-five. I think you're mad at yourself. <laughs> okay. it, ha- it hasn't been. It, it, hasn't it hasn't been... been that, uh, thank you, 115-year-olds. Thank you. You're thank you. That's all I'm trying to get across. You're because welcome. it's a crucial couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is. That is. It's formative. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, you so, know... Sorry. So apparently my trigger's race and yours is getting your age wrong? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Guess so, what mine is. Ultra Magnus. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So these were all the things I discovered. And, like, we all had a good time and we laughed, like, nonstop. Uh, and I realized that, like, my life is not that interesting. I have worked on no underground railroads. And, like, I've never punched a horse for any reason. I've never been deported because I've never been, like... P- ported? Yeah, I've never been ported. 
Um, so, and I don't have kids, so, and I'm probably not going to have kids, so there's, like, nobody to really, like, tell those ridiculous stories. Um, so just as a, a closer, I came up with a couple of things that I would like to have happen at my funeral so that it is as interesting as the other funerals, as that, as at my grandfather's funeral. Um, one is I want to take whatever amount of money that I have, um, and just do trivia at my funeral about my life <laughs> and like basically have it be a game show where it's like, Hey, what high school did he go to for a thousand dollars? And like, so that like, at least with the neighborhood kids, they'll like study me. Uh, <laughs> right. And you have to worry about having a will. Cause that's how you get rid of your assets. Right. Yeah. No, that's exactly. Yeah. That's um, and then what else? Um, uh, I want to pay three people to do two truths and a lie. Um, <laughs> and two of the stories are completely true and one's a lie, but you won't know which it is so that like, there's at least one thing that's, you know, there. Um, I, I want to make sure that whoever's giving like the eulogy, um, uh, always says, Dustin, if that's his real name, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, just so that like, you know, uh, like people are like, wait, what kind of international national mystery is this person? Um, uh, what else? Uh, uh um, I want to make sure they serve onion dip because onion dip always makes people happy. It's true. Yeah, and Doritos. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and lastly, um, th this last part assumes that we have cars that drive themselves. Okay. Um, but uh, as the funeral procession is going, um, I want the hearse to suddenly like pull forward um, and then fucking explode. <laughs> um, and I, and you know, and I want like a guy in a suit to be like off in the distance and to just sort of like, like be clicking something and then just walk away and everybody be like what <laughs> why did why did he blow up why did that <laughs> he's happen? he's already dead right <laughs> why did they blow Wasn't up his he? body <laughs> what kind of secrets did his body hold <laughs> um so uh now i know what i'm saving for <laughs> if, if they don't have driving cars by that time you could instead arrange for a tractor trailer truck to pull up in front of the hearse and then the hearse to just pull up into it Michael Knight style. Oh, yes. Back to yeah, and it just awesome. drives away. That's awesome. That is a great idea. I want... Note at, at mine, <laughs> I want um, I want to be cremated just for the purposes of making this easier. But midway through, I want like the, the, the urn to be in like... to be like centrally placed and the, the sad guy talking. I just want five guys in suits and sunglasses and like earpieces to walk in. Mm-hmm. Walk up to the walk up to the urn, take it, and without a word, walk out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like that. Or also, like, remember when that guy like cost the Cubs the World Series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. caught the ball. Like in a crucial game, like have somebody go to a crucial game seven, and whenever there's a home run, like throw my ashes to the person in the like, <laughs> throw to their eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's like awesome. I'm the one who ruined the Cubs. <laughs> Last time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that's it for today. Yeah. I think so. Uh, what are you guys got coming up over the next couple of weeks before we next record our podcast? Um, well, I have a uh, the show relationship is this coming Thursday. Um, for for anyone who's interested, it's going to be at the Pit at seven thirty uh, Thursday. Come hungry. We're not going to be serving food, but just make sure that you have missed a meal before coming to our show so that you're antsy. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I got nothing big planned. I mean, Father's Day is coming up. So I'm going to probably go do that with my father. And then I'm out in L.A. for a couple of weeks. So. Uh, small note about my father. Never wanted us to celebrate Father's Day. Huh. You didn't feel like you earned it? 
I guess. Or maybe he's not your he real just father. Didn't, he just didn't like it. No. He didn't like being reminded, I hmm. think, of um, it. Wow. That's All right. very odd. The okay. James Worth story could just be called very odd. <laughs> um, and on that super awkward note. Uh, yeah, no, for me, uh, this week, I have a show also on Thursday. Oh, Dun- shit. Morgan and I are in competition. This is the 18th, right? Thursday is like, whatever Thursday is for people who don't know when Thursday is. If you're listening to this podcast, I think it's the 18th. Yeah, it's the 18th. Um, and uh, yes, we are in direct competition. Where's your show? The Magnet Theater. Oh, what time? 8 p.m. Crap, that's a half an hour after my. Oh, the fucking oh. bullshit. Um, but thank you all for listening. Yes, thank to you guys. When last we left our podcast, and we'll see you next time on when last we left our podcast. Bye.